This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It is Friday, baby. On the NBA Morning Deuce, we are back. I'm Joey. That's Alex. And Alex, you were saying as we were prepping for the show that um, yesterday was a little bit of a dud. A dud was the only word I had. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just because I was like correct about so many games that it felt weird. But you, what, no you, shocks, you don't no think when, you don't like think when you're good at gambling that the NBA action is good it means you. Uh, you yeah, cursed it. I think a little bit of overlap there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's probably a big part of it is that the teams that were supposed to take care of business took care of business, especially according to Vegas. But, um, so there wasn't a lot of, I mean, not a lot of close games, but let's just dive right into it. Let's start with the first game of the day was heat Pacers. Uh, the heat won one Oh nine, 100, uh, which actually, I feel like that score looks closer than the game was. I don't think Indy ever really had a chance. I'm actually, I when I just read that, I felt like maybe I put that number down wrong in my rundown. But did I? Was no, it that's the right score. Uh, I'm with you, though. Which it is surprising really to me because it, it, and it, 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 all these games, it's all starting to run together, too. But like having games all day, I start to forget the scores and all that. So... But yeah, I think so Miami really dominated the second and the third quarter and then Indian Indiana actually won the fourth quarter which tightened up the score a little bit but it it was not I mean Miami was in control the whole game there there was Yeah. I mean, if you told me they won by 15 that would have felt right. Yeah, I I put in my I I so this sort of out over or this sort of scores how much better Miami clearly it seems to be than the Pacers right now. Turned the ball over 10 times in the first half. Missed seven free throws and Bam didn't score, and they're still up by five. Yeah, that's that's not good if you're the Pacers. Yeah. Um, the thing that jumped out to me is just the lack of bench scoring for the Pacers. Like, Pacers starting five is it's good. It's not amazing, but they can't be relying on it this much. I think they had 18 bench points today. Um, there's just nobody there that scares you right now, and they're just they're just – outgunned right now yeah and i think like we're both pretty much in agreement before the series started that in order for the pacers to have a chance to compete not to win the series to compete oladipo brogdon and tj warren had to be sort of at their best and oladipo just doesn't look good he played after that eye injury that he had in the first game but he just and i think his numbers are deceiving I think he had finished with 22, but he, he looks bad. He just doesn't look healthy. Um, and if he's, if he's not even healthy, they have, 
I mean, the series is over. I mean, they're not coming back from 2-0, but if he's not healthy, they might, they're probably not going to win a game. I'm still going to give them a game, but I don't think so. Yeah, and I think this is, I mean, we've mentioned it a couple times now with home court advantage not being there. These series are, are kind of totally different than they might be. Um, I'm not saying Indiana would be up 2-0, but, you know, they easily could have grabbed one of these games if uh, the crowd picks them up or some they, they ride home court advantage to a win. Um, you know, if they're headed back to Miami 1-1, this series has a whole different feel to it. Um, I mean, I, I no excuses, you know, you still have, I mean, neither team has a home court advantage, so they have to pull it out. But yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be a theme through these entire playoffs. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, I think if you're, well, yeah, we'll talk about it in the other games because I think that it's a good point. Um, and it was interesting. They showed Eric Spolstra talking to the Heat before the game, and the message he sent to them was, if if this was the regular playoffs, we'd be in Indy, and you'd be coming into this game with a sense of urgency, like we need to steal this game and go go home up 2-0 and close this out. Don't go into them like it's just game two and we won game one. Go into it like we're in Indy. So they're obviously thinking about it too, mm-hmm. So which, is, yeah, which think, is really interesting. I think it's important that these coaches like realize the different psychological effects that are missing, you know, and mm-hmm. and giving them that juice that, that the crowd might give them otherwise. Yeah, so, yep, and it's, um, yeah, I think... In, the, in these game, in these series, like the four fives, it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one in particular, because these games have been relative, like nine points is not that big of a margin. Uh, one, one big, one like m- marginal run at home totally changes it around with the crowd. Yep. Last thing I want to talk about from this game, um, I love Duncan Robinson. I'm in love with him. Um, he's been my favorite player to watch since the restart. He had 24 points, seven of eight from three. That's a tied the heat record for threes in a playoff game. Um, he has developed into something so much more than just a catch and shoot guy. And even last year he was, I mean, he only played 12 minutes a game as a rookie. He was undrafted. Uh, he, and then he, he ends up fourth in the NBA in three point shooting this year. And now he's coming off any type of screen you set. He's scoring off the dribble. He's playing with Bam in the two-man game. There was a long stretch in the third where they ran every action was Jimmy, Bam, and and Duncan together. It, he is turned into something that when he is playing, like he played today, obviously seven of eight is, is insane. But when he's on, they're different. And I know I, I compared it to like JJ with it with Philly last year when JJ was on the floor they were a different offense. Um, but he has that impact because he's such a good shooter. Yeah, I know. And the point you just made is all about him being more than a catch and shoot guy, but he might be the best catch and shoot guy in the league. Um, oh so yeah, it does so much mm-hmm. uh, for the other guys on that team. You, as a defender, you cannot leave him. And then all the points you just highlighted make him that much more dangerous. I mean, they opened the game with Oladipo on him. And for all that, for any issues Oladipo's having, he's still Victor Oladipo. I mean, that's something, right? Like, TJ Mm -hmm. Warren's a batter. So to say, we're going to put Victor Oladipo on on, uh, 
Duncan Robinson. That means TJ Warren's guarding Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler's the best best wing player on the team. So and Jimmy that's Butler lot... already made it clear that TJ yeah. Warren cannot guard right. him. Right. <laughs> so that's a lot of respect for Duncan Robinson, a guy yep. who came out of nowhere. Um yeah, I think that series is over. It's definitely ending in a, in five, but it's looking like four to me. I think so. Uh, no, I think the Pacers will get a game just because I'm not. Blown yeah, no, away I said by I think I said I think five, but I, yeah, I but yeah. I, I but it looks like four right now. I just I'd be really surprised if the Heat got a sweep, but it's uh, it's possible. Yeah. yeah, I'd just be very surprised. Um, all right, Thunder Rockets, Rockets. Wow. Um, th- this was a similar situation where the Thunder looked good early. Um, they had a lead at halftime. They came out of halftime, the Rockets. They were down five. They went on a 16-2 run to start the second half. And they went on a 17-2 run to start the fourth quarter. Jesus. Um, their defense, Stan Van... Or uh, excuse me, Jeff Van Gundy said it on the broadcast, and I wanted—I actually almost texted you, and I wanted to start screaming at anybody who would listen. He said, "If Houston plays this kind of defense, they can win the title." Wow, I missed that. I didn't hear him say that on the broadcast. Do because, you buy that? because, well, if they play like they played today, yes, they can beat anybody. And and that's and it's not like OKC has this great offense, but the way they defended in the second half—I've never seen anything like it from the Rockets, and. The way they were switching and like switching all because they switch one through five at all times because they play small, but they also play zone sometimes. But the way they were switching and showing making, um, making because with the switches, it makes it so that you have no ball movement because they're switching everything, so it becomes just all ISO. Mm-hmm. So because the ball's not moving, moving, moving. It looks like they're in a zone, but they're not. They're just switching. But then sometimes they are in a zone. So you don't really know. It's just so hard to keep up with. And then they're and then again, they're just so active at all times. And the way and the second Steven Adams had eight points in the first half. He didn't take it in the second half. I was that's what I was gonna say. How do you only get four shots out of your out of Steven Adams against the, this Rockets defense? Like Yeah. I'm not taking anything away from the Rockets defense, but it especially when you're winning at halftime. I know, like, and and Shea Gilgis Alexander had thirty one. Schroeder came back and played better than the first game. Um, yeah, they, they the but it's just I I don't blame this on OKC. Not many teams would have scored a lot of points today against the Rockets. They just were perfect defensively. Um, I, I think four shots for Stephen Adams is a little bit egregious. Like I think some heat has to go on the coach there. Well, no, they tried to get him shots. They tried to get him the ball, but the defense, they were all over him. Every time he tried to do anything in the post, they doubled him, and they were fronting him and active and, and getting deflections. Like He just couldn't do anything. He, they, it was not like for lack of effort of trying to get He got touches. He just wasn't able to get shots. He turned the ball over. They, they, just, they made him pass out. It, it was just Yeah, perfect. I see the four turnovers here, yeah. It was just perfect. Um, and it... Even moralizing because Shea had 31 and Harden only had 21 points. That kid Lugans Dort that didn't play game one, he probably played the best defense I've seen on James Harden all year. It was it was crazy. I didn't even know this kid. 
I mean, I knew he was on their team, and I knew he he played for them. And I know he had it like that. Like, they said before the game, Lugans Dort's back, and he's been put in the starting lineup to guard James Harden. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah right. and then James Harden had a really, really bad first half. Had a bad game. 21 points is bad for yeah. James Harden. I mean, especially in I mean the way this offense plays. Um, so between Shea, halftime lead, Harden and Eric Gordon were like two for eighteen from three combined. Um, Dort holds two, the two for twenty one. Wow, two for twenty one combined. Um, and then Dort, and then it just all these things combined, and you still lose by thirteen. This series is over. This is a sweep. Yeah. This is a sweep. Dort. Last thing I'll say, Dort is a really good last name for someone who's good at defense. So I'm yeah, excited to see his career. Dort. Yeah. Um, also, oh, by the way, we took the Heat in the first game, so we won that, and we both took the Rockets minus four in this one. So there's that. Um, you think they'll finally, like, maybe raise the, like, make the Rockets bigger favorites next game? I don't know. I would think so, because there's nothing through games one Sorry, and two. the Rockets weren't minus four. The Rockets were minus two and a half. Yeah, we were scratching our heads yesterday. Right. Yeah. So now they've they've stomped them two games in a row. I think maybe they'll change it. I don't know. They should. Um, Magic Bucks. I was so close to getting this one. Magic were or the Bucks were minus thirteen. They won by fifteen. Um so you won that. You 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 picked the Bucks minus thirteen. So you got that one. Um this is an interesting one. I think, look, the the Bucks did what they had to do. They had to come out and win. Um, their defense looked good. Giannis is an absolute monster. Did what monsters are supposed to do. Twenty eight and twenty five assists. Um, Vucevic did everything in his power. They scrapped in the second half. They cut it within like eight, late in the fourth quarter. Vucevic had thirty two again. But the Bucks, the rest of the Bucks starting lineup still can't score the ball. Chris Middleton had two points. Um, that's if there was one thing from this game that would concern me, not in this series, but going forward, it's that Chris Middleton looks bad. Yeah. He he this team does not look like the number one overall team. I know we're only two games in. Um, you know, by the end of this series, we could be saying, you know what, this Milwaukee team does look as good as we thought they did. But right now, um, they they don't look like the best team in the East. Um, and a lot of that has to do with Chris Middleton. One for eight, like, what is that about, you know? Who who was on him? I, I, I admittedly did not watch a ton of this game. Who was sticking Middleton? Um, it was the kid. I mean, they, they start to, they play these two, what's his name? I think Gary Clark is his name. Yeah, yeah, Gary Clark. Um. It was him, but and Fournier a little bit. I mean, they they kind of changed it up, but I think it was Gary Clark for the most part. Um, but they start. I mean, they're 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 that shouldn't happen. They don't have anybody who can guard him. Like I'll say this: the Magic are a good defensive team. They were a good defensive team all year, and at str- and, and sometimes they were they were a great defensive team. I'd say arguably their best defensive player on their team is out for the year in Jonathan Isaac. 
Um, and then Aaron Gordon still isn't playing. He's their most athletic player. So, and Michael Carter Williams, who's a huge guard who can defend. Um, so they're still a good team because they they play good defense as a team, but their best some of their best defenders are out. And you're the best team in in the NBA, supposedly. Your starters not named Giannis should have more than 42 points. Yeah. I mean, right now, if you're the Celtics, are you, like, licking your chops at, like... Well, I mean, the, the Celtics net, well, look like the well, best Well, not even the Celtics. The Heat. The Heat would play True, in the right. second yeah, that's, round. That's the next round matchup. I just meant... I'm and and let me tell you, here. let me tell you, if... The Bucks can't figure out their offense. I mean, 111 points is not great. But if 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 it's just Giannis and he's trying to do it against a team like the Heat, the Heat look pretty good. They look good. I don't know that I don't think they can beat the Bucks in a seven game series, but if they're playing the way they're playing right now, it's gonna be in, it could be interesting. It really could, yep. It'll be a, it'll be more fun than I would think. I mean, I think I said the other day I I was thinking about it, it when the Heat do play the Bucks that it would be four two that I think the Heat could steal two games from the Bucks. I didn't think it would go past six, but the way the Bucks are playing now, who knows? Mm-hmm. The Heat just seem to be getting better. Like Bam didn't even play well today, um, but they just had an all around good game. Uh. So I don't know. The Bucks have some things to figure out on offense. Good thing for them is they still have to play three more games at least against the Magic to figure it out mm-hmm. before they have to play a good team. So I still think this series is ending in five. And I think these margins are going to be similar to this and, and worse yeah. going forward. Yeah. Like these 15-point margins. I'm not taking the Magic the rest of the series. I'm taking Bucks all the way. I'm going to hold you that. I think you're set in stone there no matter what. Okay, that's fine. Your picks are locked in. Yep. Um, last game of the day was Blazers Lakers, and the the Lakers are so weird. The the more so than the Bucks. Um, I don't know what to think about the Lakers. They win one eleven eighty eight. Uh, ties up eighty at thirty one. The Blazers scored eighty eight. You look at the first two games and you think the Lakers' defense is dominant because the Blazers were so good coming into the playoffs. And this is going to sound like I'm taking credit away from the Lakers and how well their defense has been playing, but I'm not. I'm really not. Because, they, yes, the, their defense looks good. But we talked about it last game. The Blazers look tired. And... From the start of this game, I just thought they looked worn out. Uh, they scored 88, and that's with their starters not playing in the fourth quarter. Um, like they, they, like none of the neither team. The right. Blazers scored. The Blazers scored 30 points in the fourth quarter, but in the first quarter, second quarter, and third quarter, they never scored more than 20 points. Um, I think. I mean, I'm right in line with what you're saying. The the Lakers defense looks deadly. Um and if their offense clicks Well the Lakers like, off the Lakers defense looks deadly, but I, I'm but I'm wondering like 
it, it's got I think it's a combination. I don't think it's as I don't think their defense is as good as it's playing. I think it's a really good defense in the in the regular season they're third in the league in defensive rating, but in the bubble they were eleventh. So they slacked a little bit. Maybe it's getting better, I guess. But I'm I think a lot of it is I think the Blazers the Blazers had seven they played nine games. Seven of them were within five points or less. And they had to play to the very last minute of the very last game just to make it to the playoffs. And Dame Lillard had to average like 40. These guys are tired. They're playing every other day. And they're just, they're not that deep. And they're really not that great of a team to begin with. So I think, yeah, the, the Lakers are playing really good defense. Um, but I think the Blazers are worn out. And the reason why, it, first of all, we, we kind of buried the lead or I kind of buried the lead of this whole thing. Dame left the game in the third quarter with what we ended up finding out was a dislocated finger. Um, the x-rays are negative, And he said he's playing in game three. So there's that. And it was on his left hand. So, um, But to, to get back to the Lakers, the reason why I, don't, I can't figure them out is because their offense is still not good. This, the 111 points, also very deceiving. They scored a lot of points in garbage time. They can't score against one of the worst defenses in the NBA. That's alarming to me. Good defense is fine. Helps in the playoffs. You got to be able to score. And they just, they haven't in the bubble in Orlando, period. AD was fantastic. And when AD's at the five, they are great. They don't do it enough. I, I think they don't do it enough. But the rest of their offense, they, they hit more shots than game one. But it just looks, again, a lot of those shots they hit in the second half, I think the Blazers were tired and they were getting wide open looks. And if you give a team like this wide open looks enough, they're going to start making shots. But their offense is just stagnant and not great, unless it's AD just going to town. My thing is we, we've seen LeBron James teams make sharp turns offensively in the playoffs. Um, there's a couple stretches in Cleveland where the offense really didn't look good and they look like a different team. I'm just not that worried about the offense. I, I admit it's not playing well. The, the 111 points is a little bit deceiving. Um, but I've, we've just seen LeBron like kick teams into gear when you don't think they are headed in that direction. I really think the loss in game one, it flipped a switch defensively for sure. I mean, their defense wasn't terrible in game one, but they, their effort was outstanding tonight. And I just think, I think the offense follows soon. Um, just because I, I hold LeBron James to such a high standard in terms of like having his team ready to play. He was frustrated today. He was extremely frustrated mm -hmm. throughout the game. So I, I basically look at him as a second coach and he has been for years. And I just think the Lakers are on the cusp of really flipping a switch and looking like a huge problem in the West. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying with those other teams, but my concern with this team offensively is the guys that you're looking to flip the switch are Danny, Danny Green. Green, who looks, he just looks awful on both ends of the floor. He looks old and slow. I, I'm not counting him out because he he's Danny Green, but he looks bad. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's one of the most inconsistent players in NBA history. Alex Caruso is still getting minutes. I don't know why. He looks terrible. <laughs> JR, who 
if it was in a perfect world, yeah, I'd love to have JR playing, but he just came back from not playing all year. Dion Waiters, bum. Um, you haven't mentioned Kuzma. They can get a lot right, more but that's, Kuzma. But, but that's, so it's LeBron, AD, and it's three guys. Those other guys, they need the other guys to step up in Cleveland. The other guys were good. They had other good players. JR was good. Um, Corver was good. Richard, they had Richard Everson one year, didn't they? I believe, yeah, he had. I don't remember who was all in the roster. I just big, know that they were better. They, the role players were better than this Lakers roster. And I still think they're fine. Kuzma is a really good offensive player. Some Somebody in that group of role players, though, has to step up and become more consistent offensively, or else it's going to be hard for them to do it by themselves. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, there's no argument they're not playing well offensively right now. I just, my hunch is that they flip the switch at some point in this series. And I hope they, I mean, I hope they yeah. do because I, whoever they end up playing, I want it to be a good series. I don't want them to just look old and, I mean, they're going to go to the Western Conference Finals. I'm still not worried about that. Do you think the Blazers will win another game in this series? Um, I, I don't. No, I don't. After how hard I see the Lakers playing um, defensively. And yeah. this Dame thing, like that—that's not a small thing to me. That dislocated finger—I know it's the left hand. Sure, um, I agree. That—that's a pretty huge deal. I—I I see this going four-one. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, I thought the Lakers were going to sweep originally, so yeah. yeah. And I, so I see this being similar to the Bucks. It's just going to be like this the rest of the way, and it'll be over pretty quick. Um. The other thing that happened last night was lottery. Uh, and the Knicks, for, we'll start with it. Well, I'll just, the Knicks, I, th- I believe they were in seventh. They had the seventh worst record and they got jumped. So they get the eighth pick. Last time they got the eighth pick, Steph Curry went seven. And they took Jordan Hill at eight. They just, I tweeted out earlier in the day, I was like, I, I said, the NBA is going to give the pick to the Knicks because new management, World Wide West, all that. They just they can't even get a rigged lottery. They just don't make those ping pong balls like they used to, dude. And I think the league knows. I'm not on full blown conspiracy status that the lottery is fully rigged. It might be, but also like players just don't want to go to New York. Like I don't even think. I think the NBA knows New York is a lost cause right now. Uh. Well, yeah, for sure. And and it's not because of New York. It's because of Dolan. He's a piece of yes, shit. 100%. He's a, he's yeah, a yeah. fucking scumbag. And guys know it. And players now, obviously we know this, but players have more power than they've ever had. And you don't have to live in New York to live a New York lifestyle. I mean, when you're a millionaire, you just yeah. wait till the offseason, go hang out in New York all you want or go to L.A. or whatever. Um, arguably, other than the idea that playing in a big market makes it easier to win living in New York as an NBA player probably stinks. Like, like, especially since they haven't been good in forever, it's probably just a pain in the ass. Um, so yeah, until Dolan, until they figure out a way to get Dolan out of there, that franchises. And, and I, and I hate to say that because I actually, I, I know Leon. I've known him for a while. I have a good friend who works close with him. 
I've met with. Leon's a good dude, and I think they know what they're doing, and I hope they're successful. But it just seems, unless Dolan, it just seems like one of those situations with an owner where unless he just hired them and says, it's all yours, I'm stepping down, I'm, st- I'm staying out of it, then they can't be successful. going to meddle and stuff, then it'll never work. Yeah, I'm with you, but it just hasn't been his MO the past few decades, right? Yeah. When did he buy the team? I don't know. I don't even it's been there a long, long time. Oh, right? yeah. Um, T-Wolves win the lottery, which any other year I would love it for them because I want them. I think they're wasting Cat. He's one of the best players in the NBA. I know they got D'Lo, but that's not doing anything. The West is so, I mean, the West is loaded. They're not doing anything with just those two. I would have loved to see them get another like legit franchise player. I don't know that there's a legit franchise player in this draft. I watched a lot of tape on these guys because I had to do some breakdowns a few months ago. And the, the top, top guys, um, other than LaMelo Ball, I haven't watched a ton of him, but I don't know. I've seen a little bit. I don't so think you're not sold on Wiseman? No, not at all. I'm, it, not, I'm not either. I, yeah, I, I, the guy that I'm really high on is Obi Toppin from Dayton. Um, and I think he's perfect with cat. I don't think Wiseman makes sense next to cat. Wiseman's like seven, one, seven foot. Like he's like a stretch center, which is what cat is. Obi Toppin's an absolute specimen of a freak athlete who can shoot. What's his name? Obi Toppin? Obi, O-B-I Toppin. That's an incredible name. Wow. Yeah. But according to Woj right afterwards, they were doing their research on, LaMelo Ball, Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards from Georgia, who I guess if all else fails for the T-Wolves, Anthony Edwards makes a lot of sense because he's the best scorer in the draft, and they need another wing scorer, and he's a great athlete. I worry that he's a little too much like Wiggins in the fact that he's a freaky athletic scorer who doesn't play defense. But Yeah, they, don't, they do not need another one of those. Um, but maybe they replace Wiggins and try to and hope that this guy develops a defensive sense of urgency. I don't know. Defense can be taught. The mentality can't, but defensive principles can be taught. But his ability cannot. But there's no real like locked in guy. Like I, I feel like it's one of those years where we won't know. I mean we won't there's no guy who you're like one through like five or six or seven, they're all the same. Part of it is because we just didn't see him play as much, but it's, I've seen enough of top guys to know that I, I don't think any of them. So obviously, somebody's going to become a great player. They always is, but there's no Zion, like Zion or you know whoever, right? That you're like, all right, this is the guy, and then everybody else will figure out. There's that just exists right. this year. Some people think it's Lamelo Ball. I don't think so. Um, the Warriors got the second pick. A lot of talk that they might trade that. They were talking about it on the broadcast. It just point. makes so much sense for them to do that. Um, Maybe. With but the how contracts. Much, I mean. I guess. But how longer these, do you have with Steph and Clay and Draymond? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm saying squeeze every last drop out of that by trading the, you know, like. like Oh, you mean go, get, what, go like trade it for yeah. like a player who can play now and try to get yes, everything exactly. you can out of this team. Yeah. yeah that makes um, sense. Because I don't think the window is necessarily totally shut like and they all have to come back healthy but if you have a healthy Steph Clay Draymond you're 
you're definitely a playoff team, and I think you're one of the top teams in the West. Yeah. So I just think it makes too much sense not yeah. to trade that pick for uh, for some help there and make one more more deep run. True. Um, and then the Bulls got the fourth pick. No one cares. All right, let's <laughs> let's look at tonight's games. Um, you're seven and nine in your picks. Big day today for you. You or day. for day yesterday. You went three and one. Uh, I'm eleven. I went two and two. I'm eleven and five now. If you're not taking my picks and making money yet, I don't know what you're doing. Because I'm um, first game today: Raptors, Nets. Raptors ten and minus ten and a half. Raptors are up two zero. I'm gonna go Raptors. I'm also gonna go Raptors, and I actually think the one thirty start plays a role here. I think the Nets are gonna be half asleep. I mean, it's it's two zero. I think the Raptors crush them here. Will we see the Nets on Monday? Or on Tuesday, are the Nets done? Uh, are they, game are game net, four would be Sunday, is, correct? Yeah, this, no, well, this no, is our this, this is the last episode of the week. We'll be back on Monday, but so we will not see the Nets after Sunday. No, when, we, when we do our Monday now. recap, the Nets will be out. Yeah, all right. Uh, Nuggets minus one and a half versus the Jazz. Mike Conley is probable for Game Three. The series is tied one one. Nuggets minus one and a half. So basically, you're picking the winner. Who do you think is going to win? I just, I've never been a huge Donovan Mitchell guy, and you can't deny what he's doing right now. He's playing out of his mind. But he's due for a letdown. I just, I, I just don't think he can keep doing this. So I, I think the Nuggets win a close game, but I will take Nuggets minus one and a half. Yeah, same. I've just been on the Nuggets the whole time. I'm going to stick with it. I think they're yeah. a better team. Even though their defense looks horrendous, and it's been horrendous, but I'm going to stick with it. Uh, Celtics minus five versus the Sixers. Celtics lead 2-0, Alex. Taking the Sixers, mainly because I like to hate myself. On a Good, I'm glad basis. you took the Sixers. I'm taking the Celtics. Yeah. Um, I wanted. I didn't want us to have all the same picks, and I think this thing's headed for a bloodbath. Will I'm taking s- Sixers plus five, to be clear. I'm not taking Sixers straight up. I'm taking Sixers Okay, plus well, five. then that leads into the next question. Will the Sixers be in the playoffs come Monday? Yes, they will be. They're going to win one of the next two. Yep. Otherwise, you might be uh, flying solo on this podcast. Things uh, <laughs> would get pretty dark over here. <laughs> I'm gonna go with you on that. I think they'll. I think they'll. They'll squeeze one out, and then it'll be done. Yep. Five games. Uh. So you got Sixers plus five. I had Celtics minus five. Um. Last game today, Clippers minus five versus the Mavericks. Pat Beverly's status still unknown. Uh, series is tied one one. I'm going to go with the Mavericks plus five. Uh, I am so aboard the Luca train; it's not even funny. I wouldn't be shocked if they win this game. Uh, I think the Clippers win this thing, but I think they win it in like seven games. And I think it's it's they're sweating this one out all the way to the end. I, I, yeah, I agree with you that this is going to be a really tight series. However, I'm going Clippers. Minus five here because watching the Bucks and watching the Lakers today, you forget sometimes when great teams decide to play defense, that's sort of like the difference between the great, the good and the great teams. They just decided today we're going to lock in on defense and you just can't do anything against them. I fully expect the Clippers to be as locked in as they've been all year defensively tomorrow with or without Patrick Beverly. 
and come out and try to make a statement against the, or excuse me, tonight um, against the Mavericks and win. They might not be a blowout, but I think they'll win by more than five, take a 2-1 lead, and then who knows from there. I think it still will be a tight series, but I think the Clippers have a purpose in this game. Um, all right, let's do our FanDuel lineups real quick. And also, we're gonna. this is now FanDuel Fridays. We're done doing FanDuel all week. It, it was something we tried for the first week. We both suck at it. It's really hard to be good at FanDuel. I won five bucks today. but Hey, I won five bucks too. Um, but doing it every day is a pain. And let's just, we're going to focus on one day a week trying to be really good at it. So that's Fridays. So here's what I got for this week. Um, or for, for today. Kemba Walker, Curry, Paul George, and Kawhi. Josh Richardson, Joe Ingles, Jeremy Grant, Serge Ibaka, and Nikola Jokic. You're really on the Clippers train. You're going with yep. Kawhi and Paul George, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I get called a hypocrite here, I have Donovan Mitchell in my lineup. I'm kind of hedging here, you know, sure. hedging against my own pick. Sure. So I've got Donovan Mitchell, OG Ananobi, Jalen Brown, Luca, Kemba Walker, Shake Milton, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Paul Millsap, and Montrez Harrell. Okay. I don't know. Like I sounds good to me, but I, uh, I just feel like it's like yeah, like I'm throwing darts at a dartboard right. here, but I'm terrible at darts. It's crazy because I've been playing FanDuel so much for a long time, but I'm still not good at it. Yeah, don't take our advice on FanDuel. Take my, t- I, I clearly I think take my advice on betting. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, dude. Uh, it's interesting. I thought we've been so this is a week, a week of episodes down in the can. Um, I was thinking like watching 10 hours of basketball a day and staying up uh, and doing a podcast till three in the morning was going to like hurt my motivation to watch basketball. <laughs> but I woke up today like pumped to right. sit and watch all Me the games too. and just know everything about every single thing going on in every game. Um, I love it. This, this has been fun. If you're, for those of you who have been listening this week, uh, it's a thank you. I mean, we, we really, we're busting our ass and we're having a good time and we're trying to bring this to you five days a week and the support has been there so far and hopefully we keep growing. Um, go keep subscribing, keep rating, keep reviewing. And uh, Monday we'll recap the entire weekend. So it'll be a, you know, a, a deuce, deuce and a half. It'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a heavy et. But um, enjoy your weekends, Alex. Any, yeah, uh, final prediction for me. Monday will be our best episode yet. Oh, yeah. Later. Have a good weekend, deucers. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.